0: Have you ever asked God to do something good for you and then he didn't do it? Or maybe you weren't so bold as to ask, you just expected it. You expected God to do something for you and it was something good. It wasn't outlandish, it wasn't like off the rails, it wasn't like, yeah, I want to win the lottery wasn't like something, you know, way out there, out of the question. It was something good. Something that if you were God and loved you as much as you've heard God loves you, you would do for you. It's good. And nothing happened. Well, this leads us right into one of the most spectacular miracles Jesus ever performed because I think you know what this feels like. And so when we talk about this Miracle, this is going to be something that even though you may not have experienced what Jesus did, this this means something to you and me, whether you realize it or not, because I know what this feels like. We're talking about the miracle where Jesus literally raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. I mean, just he was dead, and Jesus shows up and raises him from the dead so he wasn't dead anymore amazing. And there's so many layers to this story. We, there's so many things to learn, so many applications. It won't make a few along the way, and we're going to do our best to summarize this in the next few minutes. But what we're going to end up with is an, an application, a takeaway, something that I believe will give you tremendous hope, just as it is giving me hope. So let's jump right in. Lazarus and his two sisters Martha and Mary were very close friends with Jesus. And somehow, we don't know what happened, Lazarus got sick. To the point of death, kind of sick. So he was really sick. And so immediately when he got sick, Mary and Martha did the first thing that came to mind. The most natural thing to them, being close to Jesus, believing in Jesus, knowing Jesus and what he could do. They thought, listen, we got to get Jesus. We got to find Jesus. I think he's in the next town with his disciples. He's down the road. Let's send somebody for Jesus, and as soon as Jesus gets here, things will be okay. So That's where we pick up the story. The two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Talking about Lazarus. This was their way of saying, come help us. Now, please note, this was a statement of faith because they believed, they really believed that if Jesus showed up, things would change. He would heal Lazarus. He could fix it. And and I'm sure it was one of those, hey, we know what to do. Mary, let's get Jesus. Yes, let's get Jesus. As soon as Jesus gets here, he'll fix it all up. it'll, It'll be great. As soon as Jesus gets here, he knows what to do. So they sent word to Jesus. Jesus heard this message. And when he heard this message, he was with his disciples in a town not too far from where they were in Bethany. And Jesus struck up a conversation with his disciples about this situation with Lazarus. So let's look at this. But when Jesus heard about this, he said to his disciples who were with him, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. A little foreshadowing there. Now his disciples had no idea what was getting ready to go down. They had no idea. They thought Jesus was implying, I'm going to heal him. So it's not going to end in death. It sounds like Jesus is saying Lazarus is not going to die. Then he goes on, he says, no, this happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, there's a lot in this last statement. There's a lot in this sentence, and we don't have time to unpack it all, but suffice it to say for now, what Jesus was trying to let his disciples know is that this thing going on with Lazarus was not just about Lazarus. There was a bigger purpose at play with what was going on with Lazarus and his sickness and pending death. The same is true for you and me. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life, it's never, ever, ever just about you and it's never, ever, ever just about that thing you're facing and whatever you're going through. There's always, always, always a bigger purpose at play. Hmm. And so we find Jesus getting this information and he had a decision to make. Watch what happens next. We didn't expect this. So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed. In other words, he delayed where he was for the next two days. Now, you would think, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they're close with Jesus. You would think, looking from the outside looking in. You would expect as soon as Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he would drop everything, change everything, redo his schedule, clear his calendar. I'm going to Bethany. We gotta get there because we're close, man. I mean, me and me and Lazarus, we're we're close. You know, we we vacationed last summer at the Sea of Galilee and the good times and great. And here's the pictures, you know. And so we're we're tight. And so if Lazarus is sick, I'm out of here. And you would think that Jesus would have dropped everything and and just Made his way to where Lazarus was to fix the situation and to do what Martha and Mary expected Jesus to do. But he didn't. He delayed on purpose. On purpose, he did what looked like to be nothing. And and this is interesting. It's not by accident that the scriptures say, even though, although he loved them. You know why he pointed that out? Because as soon as we ask God to do something that he doesn't do, as soon as God doesn't do it the way we ask, as soon as God doesn't do it the way we expect, you know what we often do? We often assume something's wrong. What's wrong? What's wrong? I mean, what what went wrong? What did I do wrong? And maybe even you're at the point of going... What's wrong with God? I thought God loved me. I thought this is a good thing I'm asking. I'm just asking for my marriage to get better. That's a good thing, right? I'm just asking to be healed and to have better health. That's a good thing, right? I'm just asking to get a job. Isn't that a good thing? I'm just asking to be able to make ends meet. Isn't that a good thing? I'm just asking God for something good. It's not like I'm asking for something crazy. It's just something good. And when it doesn't happen the way we're asking, the way we're praying, the way we're expecting, we go, what's wrong? But we'll find out if there was nothing wrong. Because, see, this wasn't a story about a healing. They didn't know this yet. But we have the luxury of knowing that this really isn't a story about a healing. It's a story about a resurrection. And in order for it to be a story about a resurrection, somebody's got to die and be good and dead. Right? See, you don't get a resurrection without a death. You tracking with me on this? See, you and I want to fast forward right to the miracle resurrection moment. We want to fast forward right to the, wow, look what God did. He I mean, the perfect job and the perfect relationship and the, look, you know, we got a raise and I got everything I need and more and all oh, this is awesome. We want the resurrection moment, but we don't want the death that leads up to the resurrection moment. You don't get a resurrection without a death. Never, ever, never, ever. But what we learn here is that in God's way of doing things, delays are never dead ends. Delays are never dead ends. Never dead ends. That you may look around and assume that God is doing nothing, but he's always up to something, and he's always up to something better. But we've got to move on. Jesus looks to his disciples after two days and he says, our friend Lazarus is now asleep and I'm going to go wake him up. Now they thought he was really referring to the fact that somehow Lazarus had fainted, passed out, and Jesus was going to go heal him now. And Jesus, knowing what they were thinking because he could read minds, which would be odd to be friends with Jesus and him always know what you're thinking. How awkward is that? Jesus looked at the fellows and said, no, no, Lazarus is dead implying I'm going to go raise him. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and said something to the effect, and for your sakes, I'm glad it's happening this way because you fellas need to believe in me at a greater level than you're believing in me now. I want to do a work in your heart, which just reiterates what we said a a while ago is that this thing with Lazarus was not just about Lazarus. God was going to use this thing with Lazarus to teach the disciples something. It's never just about you. You think this thing that's happening in your life is just about you. That's so self-centered for us to think. It's always just about us. It's always just about me. It's always just about me. No. God is so much wiser than that. It's never just about you. So, So let's look. Jesus arrives at Bethany, and when he got there, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Buried in the grave for four days. So not only is he dead, he is good and dead. Completely dead, right? Monty Python fans are having a moment right now. Just like, not almost dead, not mostly dead. He is all the way completely dead. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Martha heard that Jesus was showing up, that Jesus had just arrived. So Martha said to Jesus, Lord, check this out. If only, if only, If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see her faith? (laughs) But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. What you're looking at here is someone with a very confused and conflicted faith in this moment. She's not sure what to think. What she was feeling is, this is on you, Jesus. We sent you word in plenty of time, and had you just done what we asked you to do, We wouldn't be in this situation right now. You ever felt like that? Like, oh, God, you missed this one. All due respect, but you missed this one. I felt that that way. Again, if this were going to be a story about a healing, Martha would have been right. But what she didn't know, this wasn't about a healing. Even though a healing would have been really good right about now, Jesus was working on something better a little bit later on in the story. Hmm. When I look at this and I read this, I see someone very much like me sometimes. And she was really disappointed in Jesus. She said, you let me down. You let us down. And I know you can do anything and I'm not sure what you're going to do next, but it looks like you missed this one. Look what Jesus said. Jesus told her, no, your brother will rise again. And then she says, yeah, 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 I know. You're you're like, you're preaching to the choir, Jesus. I know all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. When everyone else rises at the last day, you know, whenever, you know, in in the end, in heaven, we all get to heaven kind of thing. And I I get it. Jesus, I know all that. I've heard you teach this kind of stuff before. And I know all this. I I took the test. I got an A. I'm, I'm good. That's not what I'm talking about, Jesus. But Jesus wanted her to know that that's not what he was talking about either. So Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus looked at Martha and said, you're looking at resurrection in this moment, not just in eternity. Jesus wanted Martha to know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not just talking about what's going to happen in the future. I'm a, it's possible, and I'm able to do something in the here and now, right now in these next few moments. I am resurrection, and I am life. And even then, she didn't get it. Even then, she didn't completely clue in just yet. It's fascinating. Mary shows up, hears that Jesus is there, and she says the same thing, only for her. It's a little bit different. She's a little bit more emotional, a little bit more connected to Jesus in an intimate way, his friends, and so she falls at his feet out of respect and honor and worship, and she says, Lord, but she says the same thing. If only. In other words, you dropped the ball, Jesus. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. At this point, Jesus was overcome with emotion, and here's something we didn't expect. Here's something that might hit you by surprise. These next three words. Then Jesus wept. We're not exactly sure why Jesus was overcome with weeping. But it probably has something to do with the fact of how much he loved them. And he hated to see them hurt. Because when they hurt, he hurt because he loves them. You need to know this. When you hurt, he hurts. When you ache, he aches. Even though he is allowing you to ache doesn't mean his heart is not touched in your aching. See, he delayed on purpose, knowing what it was going to cause, but he knew this was so necessary in order to get them to where he wanted to take them. This moment of pain, this moment of question, this moment of anger and frustration, yes, even aimed at God, was a necessary experience, even though it was tearing him up on the inside. We think, well, I mean, God loves me. He'll fix it. No, no, often because he loves you so much, He's got something better down the road that he wants for you that you will be so thankful for then that he's willing to allow you to hurt in the meantime, even though it tears him up to see you torn up, to get you somewhere better a little bit later on. There were other people watching this whole thing take place. And the people who were standing nearby said, You see how much he loved him. Isn't this amazing? to see how much Jesus loved them. There were other people that had a different take. They said, well, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? You ever, you ever said something like that, felt something like that? Like, I've seen, I've seen what God has done for other people. I've seen the jobs God has given other people. I've, I've seen the relationships and the marriages that other people have. He can do it for them. Why, why not me? What's so wrong with me having something good? I've seen what other people make. I've seen the vacations they take. Why not me? I've seen their life. I've seen how their life just falls together perfectly and Instagram is proof. <laughs> why not me? Why not me? I don't have near as much stuff to post. I have to lie more on Instagram than they have to lie on Instagram. <laughs> right. At this point... Jesus had one of these, kind of like, and I know I'm dating myself a little bit, one of these Popeye moments. Remember Popeye, the cartoon? You know, Popeye would get so frustrated and he'd be like, I've stands all I can stands and I can't stands no more. I mean, Jesus was kind of at that moment. Because see, here's the thing. They're, they're saying, you know, why didn't you? You could have done this miracle. You could have done this miracle. But Jesus was working on a bigger miracle. And here we go. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Martha steps in one more time, right? And she says, oh, uh, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. In other translations, it's translated, he stinks. (laughs) So this is Martha's way of saying, oh, thank you for the sentiment, Jesus. Thank you." you. It's a little too late, though. Well, too little, too late. Try again next time with the next situation. Next time, don't be late. But at this point, we're a little bit too far past. It's four days. It's not good. And then Jesus prayed, and after Jesus prayed, he shouted. It's interesting. People always think Jesus is this very soft-spoken, come forth, my child, (laughs) you know, right? No. Jesus let her up. Lazarus, come out. Man. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, just like they left him. His faith wrapped in a headcloth, And Jesus then told them, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It wasn't a story about a healing. It was a story about a resurrection. And now everybody's excited. Well, maybe everybody except Lazarus. I mean, think about it. You ever thought about this? Lazarus has been chilling in heaven for four days. <laughs> this is great. He gets a text. Oh, it's God. He goes to the throne. Yeah, God. Um, Lazarus, we're sending you back, buddy. What? Are you kidding me? I got lunch with Moses tomorrow. That's, I can't go back. Yeah, Jesus is waiting on you. He's getting ready to cue you. We're going to send you on now. Jesus is getting ready. See, you. Lazarus, will save your spot, buddy. You'll be back. Kind of think. I don't know. It's just the way my mind works. This story is a story of unmet expectations, isn't it? But yet it ended better than they ever dream. it's actually a story of disappointment in Jesus and I don't know if you are at a place in your life when you can admit that you've had disappointment in God maybe you're too spiritual to admit that and I would say if you've convinced yourself you've never been disappointed and I've, I've heard people say and I know they mean well you know God's never let me down well, well I've been let down it's not because God did anything wrong I've got these expectations, see? I've got these expectations of God, and I think he needs to do it this way and in this time and, and like this, and god got a different... Yeah, you know, I think healing is what needs to happen. And isn't it amazing that I can be disappointed in God on a way to something bigger and better that he wants to do down the road that I don't know about? Interesting, and I experience, and I'm frustrated at God. They were frustrated at Jesus, and he was getting ready to throw down on a resurrection. Are you kidding me? This is also a story of a new paradigm. This is a story of new levels of belief and trust. And it's actually a story of God establishing new categories in our brain for what he can do and what he wants to accomplish in our lives. See, you and I already have well-established categories when it comes to God. You and I, whether you're a Christian or not, we all have pre-established categories for many different reasons of what God can do, should do, and probably will do. The problem with our categories is that God is always bigger than a category that you create, friend. God, God is bigger and beyond any category. And so I want you to create a new category. I, I want you to let God create a new category and not just expect something good now, but actually trust and believe God for something greater later. See, this is the takeaway from from the story. I mean, one of many, but this is what I want you to leave with. Mary and Martha were asking Jesus for something good now. What's wrong with the healing? Nothing. If this was a story about a healing, but this was a story about a resurrection. And resurrection trumps healing any day. And so Mary and Martha was asking for something good now. Give me something good now. Jesus, we were just asking for something good and you didn't do it because he was working on something greater later. That's why he delayed. And he foreshadowed it like three different times and nobody picked up on it. I mean, he just called it. Three different times in the story, twice to the disciples and once to Martha and, and, and they still didn't pick up on it. By this point, you think they would kind of clue in. He's not just about something good now. He's always working on something greater later. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to know that one of the greatest and biggest advantages of trusting and following Jesus is this right here. For those who trust and follow Jesus, greater later is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Now the timing is not But ultimately, greater later is guaranteed. I mean, eventually you're going to end up in heaven. Greater later. But God wanted Martha and Mary to know that God can also do the wow in the now. Not just greater later. He can also wow people now. And it's not just wishful and hopeful thinking. This is the way God works. You see, anytime God tells you no, it's always going to end in a better yes. When? I don't know. He might be delaying. He might be asking you to wait. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to trust God for the greater that's going to come later? And are you willing to endure the pain and hang in there and the frustration while God is cooking up something that you don't see and that you don't know about? Later. See, we know this this principle is true. We just have a hard time relating it to God. We know it's true. Wine connoisseurs tell us that wine is always what? Greater later. Investors tell us that. We know that. If you're going to invest money, right, you can't pull it out next Thursday and expect to have made any money. Not really. Not unless you just get lucky. If you're going to invest money and really do well investing it, you got to wait and delay cashing in on that stuff. It's greater later. Cooks know that. Chefs know that. Your mama knew that, right? you got something good cooking in the kitchen you got to give that sucker some time. The best dishes don't come out of the microwave. The best stuff, you got all these ingredients, and it needs time. Let that stuff love on each other a little bit and do its thing, right? And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem is, you and I want to live microwave lives, and we want a microwave faith, and we want microwave answers, and we want to pray microwave prayers, and we want it now. Beep, 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 beep. I had to wait a minute. It wasn't too bad. That's not the way God operates. Maybe what God is doing in your life is He's heard you. He's heard you loud and clear, and He loves you more than you can imagine. And because He loves you, He's asking you to delay. He's asking you to wait, even though it hurts, it's frustrating. You're a little angry, and you're disappointed. Because what he knows is what you can't see. What he knows is what you can't feel. What he knows is he's got something cooking. And it's simmering. And yes, you have to delay. But his delays are not dead ends. You are asking and expecting God to do something good now. And he's wanting you to trust him for something greater later. And remember, a resurrection always requires a death. Which is always painful. By the way, when Lazarus was raised, nobody complained, right? I mean, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Neither Mary nor Martha looked around and went, well, that's nice and all, but he should have healed him. (laughs) No, no. They weren't disappointed then, and you won't be either. Are you willing to not just expect something good now? There's nothing wrong with expecting something good now. There's nothing wrong with God doing something good now. But often, what he wants to do is something greater a little bit later. As a pastor, I've had many experiences in my life as a follower of Jesus where I've been disappointed in how God delays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you expect me to have some kind of super-duper faith where it always just kind of works out. No, it's not the way it works for any of us. And I've walked with other people as they have walked into times of deliberate delay from God. And they were upset, and they were hurt, and they were confused. Even this week, even this week, watching families walk into times where they ask God for something good, they expect God to do something good, and he doesn't, What do you do? I'm going to share with you something as we wrap up that is extremely encouraging to me. Now, it doesn't fix everything, and it doesn't make the problems go away, but this lets you know the kind of God we serve. Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3, now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, check this out, to accomplish infinitely more. You're asking God to do something good now. Nothing wrong with that. But you just need to know that if it ain't happening, if it's not going down like you expected, hoped, or prayed, you serve a God, and he is the kind of God that can do infinitely more than the good that you have asked him to do. And not just infinitely more than what you've asked him to do, infinitely more than you can even think about asking him to do because we all think things that we're not you know bold enough to ask right we all have these imaginations are like well yeah that that's too much to ask i mean that's like resurrection material i mean it's not like i'm asking that i'm just asking for this well he is the kind of god that can do this and that and beyond that's who he is so it makes perfect sense To not just expect something good now. Don't don't stop expecting the good now. But if he delays, and when he delays, trust in the greater later. Because that's how he works. That's how he rolls. That's what God is up to in your life. It's not just the good now, but the greater. It's going to come later. All right, so here's, here's what I want you to do. And I don't ask this a lot. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, if you need to, bow your heads, if, if you know, whatever you need to do to completely block out everybody else and, and really laser focus in on this area of your life that you've been asking and expecting God to do something good now, and it yet hasn't occurred And so obviously you're in a time of delay and waiting. I want you to take some time and think about that and ask God to help you and strengthen you to keep trusting him for the greater later. Because what you're asking him is not bad, it's good. But maybe he's asking you to, he's putting good on hold because what he's got cooking is so much greater than what you're asking him to good, more than you can ask more than you can even think about asking and ask him to give you patience and strength and courage to trust him for the greater later. That may happen sooner than you think. What area of your life is that? For some of you, it's a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. You're like... I. I'm just asking God to heal my marriage. What's so wrong with that? Nothing. That's a great thing. I mean, is it so wrong to ask and expect God to do a work on my husband's heart and my wife? No, that's a great thing. If it hasn't happened yet, don't assume it's not. Trust him for the greater later. Maybe it's with your kids. You look at your son, you look at your daughter, and you're like, okay, is it so bad? I'm asking God, and it hasn't happened yet, okay? And I don't understand, and you could so easily fix it right now. That's what's so hard about this. We know God could, in a moment, fix it, make it go away, change it, and make it perfect. Yet we find ourselves in deliberate delay. So that means we trust him. For the greater later. What? What? How is it going to be greater? I don't know. I don't know. No one saw the resurrection coming. And you won't see coming the infinitely more than you can ask or think that God has in store for you. For some of you, it's a job thing. It's a money thing. You're thinking, I'm just asking for a job. Is that so bad? Is it so bad to want to provide for my family and to make ends meet? I mean, I, And it hasn't happened. And I don't understand why not for me having it for everybody else. So I know God can, and I see him do it for other people, but what's up with me? I don't know. You're obviously in a time where God is delaying the good now. And I don't know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know where, but I can tell you what he's up to. He's up to something greater later, because that's what he does. Maybe it's with your health. Anxiety. Depression. Stuff that nobody else knows you're going through. You look fine on the outside, but on the inside, you're a wreck. You're like, God, I just want to be normal. God, I just want to have a good day. God, I just, want, I just want to be able to function. Is that so bad? Is that so wrong? No, don't stop praying. Don't stop asking for the good. But just know, if it's not coming now, obviously God is delaying. And I'll tell you why he's delaying. And I don't know how it's going to happen or when or where. But he's obviously working on something greater later. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to bring this to God together. Tell him again. Ask him again. And specifically this time, ask him to give you the strength to trust him for the greater that is going to come later. Our Father, thank you for recording Lazarus' resurrection story. Because we need this truth. We need to know that this is how you work. First of all, we need to know that you have the ability to raise the dead. But possibly more importantly for us, we need to know how you work in our lives and how you often delay on purpose for something greater than the good that we're asking and expecting now. And there are people in this room and online and at our other locations That are aching. May they know that you ache with them. You hurt with them. And the reason you hurt is that you know what they don't. You see what we can't. And you know the greater later that's coming down the road. So, God, what we need is some strength. We need some peace. We need some hope. We need some courage to hang in there. Because we believe you're a God of miracles. And while we're waiting, For the miraculous in our lives, we need you to hold us together and to help us take our next steps, trusting you each day for the greater later. In Jesus' name, amen.